0: In this episode, we're going to look at Capybara, which is a browser kind of testing for your application. So they are still automated tests that you write, and it will simulate your browser clicking through the different actions and then getting a acceptance pass or fail. And browser testing definitely has its uses, however, it is much slower than controller tests or model tests, so you do want to keep that in mind when you're using these. I wouldn't recommend just doing browser tests because it's going to have very slow runtimes when you actually go to execute your whole test suite. However, a couple of good use cases for something like Capybara would be to do acceptance testing or your happy path testing where you're clicking through the application just like a user would and you're basically testing to make sure that the critical features of your application that the customer's paying you for are working properly. And another use case is for some things that you really just can't test or easily test with controller tests or model tests. and one example of that would be something like Action Cable. With Action Cable there really is no testing library or extension right now so even Basecamp uses System tests to cover any kind of Action Cable test and System Test is basically just using Capybara behind the scenes. So if you're on a Rails 5.1.0 or later application then you would want to use the system tests if you aren't using something like RSpec. And it's the same thing as what we're gonna be talking about here today. So some of the setup might be a little bit different if you do use system tests, but out of the box, it should work by default. However, if you want an older Rails application, then Capybara is a great solution for doing web testing. And definitely also have a look at the documentation because the documentation is going to have a lot of the different syntax or things that you need to know about Capybara. We're gonna dive into some of it in this episode, but there's really just too much to cover. So if you remember from our previous episode, and that's going to be the starting point for this application's code base, we used SimpleCov to see our coverage, and we were still lacking some coverage on the user's controller. So let's have a look at those. We see that our new action, our create, and our update did not have any coverage, neither did our destroy. So let's say these four controller actions didn't quite fit what we could do in a controller test so instead we wanted to use system tests or capybara to cover these tests just so we get a complete code coverage. So these are the four examples that we are going to be writing today. Within our gem file we will want to add the gem capybara. And because we have multiple gems now that are within the group test, we can go ahead and move these over into a test group. And be sure that you run bundle to install the Capybara gem. And next, we'll go into our spec folder, and then within the Rails helper, we'll just want to add in the require Capybara Rails. Within the terminal, we can now start generating some of our feature tests. And we can do this with Rails generate, then we can call our spec feature, and then we can pass in the name of our controller. In this case, it's users. And this will create a file under the spec folder. It'll create a new directory called features, and then it'll create the file userspec.rb. And so if we look at the user specs, we have the RSpec feature, users, and it's a type of feature. And then within here, we're gonna create a couple of different contexts, and each one of these contexts are going to be used to encapsulate the different tests for each one of those actions. So we'll first handle the create new user. And with Capybara, they have something called a feature, and that's kind of like using the it with our spec. So we're gonna create two new features for the create new user, and we're gonna make one where the scenario should be successful and the scenario should fail. And these are playing on the context of the creating the new user. So if you remember from our previous episode, a user had three attributes, a first name, last name, and email. And each one of these three attributes has a validator where the presence is true. So in our first case, we can visit the new user path and this should take the browser to the create a new user. You can then call within and within is just a helper method which says that we're gonna look for within something to do something else. And in this case, we're gonna say within the form. So this is looking for the form element tag. And you can also pass in an ID or a class or something like that as well. But in our case, we know that our users form, there's only one on the page, so within form should suffice. We can then say, fill in. We're expecting to fill in a form field. And in our case, we wanna fill in the first name. You can also pass in an ID or something like that within here as well. But then we wanna fill in the first name with, and we're just going to pick John. We then want to fill in the last name with Doe, and then we also want to fill in the email. And again, this is because all three of these attributes are required. So once we have the forms filled in, we can then call click button, and this will click a button on the page. And our button is going to be called create user. And keep in mind that this is case sensitive, so don't get tempted to use a lowercase if it's actually displaying in uppercase. And then we can expect, and then here we wanna pass in our page, and this is going to be the full rendered content of the page to have content. And this is basically looking for on the page, it has to have this text within here somewhere. User was successfully created. And once we save this, we can go ahead and run the test to see what we get. So in our terminal, we can just call our spec, and this will run the test. So we did get a failure, And notice that it's because we had a lowercase u, but it was actually an uppercase u. So if we go in and fix this and save, we can then come back into our terminal and run the specs again, and then we get it all passing. However, this isn't very efficient because we just want to see if that one test passes. So we could call our spec and then pass in the name of the file, which is in the spec folder, in the features folder, and then it's the user spec and then you'll see that it ran the one test. But notice that it took it almost a quarter second to run this one test. So if you have a lot of these tests, then it's gonna make your entire test suite run much longer. So because our scenario was on line five, and we don't wanna test every single one of these scenarios, maybe we just wanna test that one that we are working with, we are able to call colon and then a line number, and then it's just going to run that one single scenario you see that it did not run the should fail. So let's do our next scenario. I'm basically going to just copy all of the same stuff because they are the same things that we need for the other one. But in this case, I'm just going to delete the email line. So let's go ahead and run the test. We would expect it to fail because the user should not be created successfully. So we have line 16 as this scenario, and I could reference any one of the line numbers within here as well, but it's just as easy to pick the first. So if we run our tests now, you see that we got a failure and the failure email cannot be blank. So going back to our code, we would expect the page to have the content, email cannot be blank. And if there is a apostrophe, make sure that you escape it properly. So going back and running our tests now, we should expect it to pass. So I like keeping my tests pretty simple. And when we start getting into a lot of duplicate code like this, then we start having some issues because I don't like having all this duplication. So instead, I'm going to just move the necessary bits out of here and then I'm going to remove them from here as well. And in the context, we can create a before each and this is similar to what we were doing before in the controller and model tests. So before each do, and then we can paste in our code So, before each one of these scenarios within this particular context is going to do these items. However, in the scenario that should be successful, we still need to fill in the email address. And then we click the button on each one of these, and then we would expect the page to have the content and then the associated content for each one of these scenarios. So, if we run our tests now, we would expect all of the tests to still pass, and they do. So, for our update, we can basically do something very similar, except we're gonna need a user created first. So I'm just gonna paste the same where we have our scenario, and then we're going to create our user. We're going to visit the edit user path, passing in that user, and then within the form, we're going to change the first name and email. Then we click the button, update user, and we would expect the page to have content, user was successfully updated, and we would also expect the page to then show the jane.doatexample.com. So if we run our specs now, we still get our passing tests. And if we look at our code coverage, we see we have partial coverage on the update and we're still missing the failure. So we need a test to see what happens when the user was not updated. So under the context update user, we could just create another scenario. And this case, we're going to create our user again. We're going to visit the edit user path. And this time within the form, we're going to set the first name to an empty string and then click the update action and we would expect the page to have the content, the first name can't be blank. And again, with both of these, we have where this user is getting created each time. So in this case, we can call let and we can pass a bang here, meaning that we want this to execute on each test and then we would just call this user and then we would want to create the user. So now we should be able to get rid of both of these user creation lines. And again, here you can call before each. And then within here, we can visit the edit user path. So now we can run our specs again, and then we should expect to have complete coverage over the update action. So we have our passing tests. We can look to see that we have now full coverage over the update action. So within our context destroy user, I'm just going to paste in where we should be able to destroy the user and we're creating the user again. Then we're visiting the user's path, which is the index action. Then we're clicking the link destroy and then we would expect the page to have content user was successfully destroyed. And instead of just clicking the link destroy, we could also wrap this in something like expect click link destroy to change the user count by minus minus one so if we run the line 51 context we get successful so that means that we did confirm at the database level that our user count was reduced by one And then we also got the message that the user was successfully deleted so this has been a brief overview of capybara but there's so much more that it can do For example, with the WebKit that Capybara uses for the browser testing, it does not actually test the JavaScript. So there's no way that you can test with Capybara alone the JavaScript. So instead, you would have to use something like Selenium. And in order to do that, you would have to install the Chrome driver or the Gecko driver, depending on if you're using Firefox or if you're wanting to use Chrome to do the testing. And then you can set your driver for Capybara to the Selenium which would be a Firefox driver using Gecko, or you can use Selenium Chrome for the Chrome driver. So let's see how our application would change if we did that. So within our gem file, I'm going to add in another gem called gem selenium web driver, and be sure to run bundle. And then within your terminal, you'll want to call brew install gecko driver, and then brew services start gecko driver, if you're on a Mac. And this is if you're using the Capybara default driver Selenium. And if you're wanting to use Chrome driver, then you're able to do brew install Chrome driver and then brew services start Chrome driver and then set the Capybara default driver to Selenium Chrome. And with newer versions of Chrome, they actually include a headless version, which you're able to use Capybara default driver, Selenium Chrome headless. So once we make these changes, let's go ahead and run our specs to see what happens. So because I just changed a major part of our infrastructure with the testing, I'm going to run the full test suite. And ideally, everything would pass, but I have a feeling that we would get a failure here. And so this test failed. It used to pass, but now it's not actually deleting the user. And that's because the WebKit never executed the JavaScript. However, if we look at our user's index, there's a data confirm. Are you sure? So when we click the link destroy, it's not actually calling the action yet now. Now it's actually popping up the JavaScript confirm dialog. Are you sure? So that means that we have to modify our destroy test. And to do this, we can just say accept confirm do. And within the block, we could call the click link destroy. And so let's run our tests again. And now we get all passing tests. So testing with Capybara can be tricky because you might be in some situations where you're wanting to do some browser testing. However, the tests that you want to run are behind a authentication wall. So if you're using something with device, you definitely want to check out the documentation that device has or whatever gym that you're working with because they might have some documentation of how to get testing to work with that particular gem. And also definitely check out the Capybara documentation on GitHub because they also have a lot of good quick-starting information as well. And if you want to change to some other driver like Poltergeist, which is just another JavaScript headless driver. But it has the ability to work with hidden elements where Selenium does not. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for watching.